Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. We start off this morning with things going on in Maine after the latest shooting. Democrats in Washington, of course, calling for new gun restrictions, saying that the current levels of gun violence can't continue. They're most likely going to be unsuccessful. And we have uh, everybody weighing in on this. And, of course, the, the first response, like from the representative from Missouri, Eric Schmidt, saying the most important thing we can do right now is put our arms around the victims and the families, make sure that this person is brought to justice. Now, I do have some sources. Yeah. And uh, the word from my sources say that this is probably a person who is suffering from PTSD and probably had a deployment that went bad. And their feeling is that authorities might find him unalived. Yeah. So it's interesting. We start with this, obviously, a terrible story and a terrible, it's awful the way this whole shooting and, and then chase, et cetera, has, you know, un, unfolded. But, uh, you know, I'm, people on the YouTube can see I'm wearing my uh, hat supporting uh, helping veterans and families mm-hmm. their big event tonight the Breeders Crown Charity Challenge that we've talked about that we've been raising money for for um, months now culminates tonight uh, a rare moment where you can see me wearing a hat mm-hmm. Casey mm-hmm. it has my name on the back by the way they stitch you, really? you want to see this look at this I can't believe you want to hide that wonderful head of hair it does have your name look at on this. the back maybe I'll turn it around here How there about you this? go oh boom how's you, that you look 10 years younger Ooh, buddy <laughs> Kev comes in today and goes, Rob, this is how I pictured you looking in 2007. Boy, you look like such a fun guy yeah, back you're like then. like a member of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> yeah, there we go. How about this? I'm just going to wear it this, this way the rest of the show. Anyway, point of all this, something very serious here, is that we have a lot of people who have served this country mm-hmm. who, in this country, we're willing to take care of. Hey, if you're an illegal immigrant, hey, you you know, you know come on in. And right. We- here's some free health care for you. Here's a cell phone. Here's education. But our veterans. Yeah. We do Who did the heavy lifting. Yeah, we simply say, hey, thanks for uh, dodging the bombs and the bullets on whatever uh, term of service we gave you for whatever ill-begotten conflict that benefited the military-industrial complex. And now we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. It's like like when you get... <laughs> You know, dismissed in radio. The email always ends with, uh, Ted was fired today, and we wish him the best. And uh, We well, wish you success yeah, in, your, in, in his, future in his endeavors. future endeavors, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the point of all this is clearly, and, and Helping Veterans and Families is a great organization that deals with these types of issues of veterans who are looking to get back on their feet. They're looking to contribute to society. They have things to offer. And we've got a lot of people who have served this country who are mentally not being taken care of, who have seen the worst that humanity has had to offer. And we simply just disregard them really like like trash. And we treat our illegal immigrants way better than we treat people who serve this country. Yeah. And, you know, he was in a hospital just weeks before. We know that much. And clearly there were warning signs. So somebody dropped the ball on this one. But there have been 18 people that have lost their life due to this. Many injured. He is still on the run. They are still looking for him. But like I had mentioned, uh, the people that I've talked to, their feeling is that they will probably find his body somewhere and wouldn't be surprised if he uh, 
he ends his own life. Well, and it is interesting, too, that the immediate response, and this is the way it always is, from the Democrats is to politicize the thing and make it about the gun rather than the individual. And they have once again, I mean, this guy Mm -hmm. not even caught, and here we go with the assault weapons ban thing. I mean, this is just what happens every single time. And it's like clockwork, and it's really gross, Casey. Yep. Well, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre saying that guns are to blame, and she's urging the new Republican speaker to work with Democrats to ban assault weapons. The House has a new speaker who, who, who he said, he said he's ready to, to get to work and to find common ground. Now is the time. Now is the time to find common ground. Let's work together to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Let's work together to enact universal background checks, require safe storage of guns, and keep guns out of the hands of criminals and dangerous individuals who have no business being armed with a weapon of war. And it wouldn't be anything to do with mental health or just lawlessness. It has to do with the gun, always with the Democrats. And, you know, that weapon of war stuff is so offensive and so ridiculous because look at what happened in Israel where you saw uh, terrorists literally, you know, essentially parachute into these communities and slaughter 1,400 plus Israelis and they don't have the right to defend themselves. That stuff doesn't happen here. And look, mm-hmm. you go all the way back to World War II, and I forget his name, but there was a very high-ranking Japanese official, and they were talking about why you could never invade America. And he talked about how, and I forget the exact quote, but it's something essentially it was behind every blade of gra- mm-hmm. gla- grass, grass is a person with a gun or something yeah. like that. Other countries know this, right? Other countries know the one unique thing about America is that we individuals are not dependent upon the military in order to defend themselves. You have you have guns. I have guns. Mm -hmm. We know how to responsibly use them, store them, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do that to protect ourselves and protect our families. Now, are we the gun guy, Guy Relford? No. But I have taken a class with him. Well, you have. And I would recommend anybody to do that if you're just learning or just starting. The point is I'm fully capable of, while I'm not, you know, uh, Billy the Kid out there, I'm fully capable of defending myself and my family should the necessary, uh, should the need arise, which I, I hope it it never does. But the reality is these this weapons of war stuff. No, they're weapons of defense for 99.99999% of Americans. And instead of addressing the issues, which is why do people, in this case, it appears a veteran of this country, feel so lost and so alone. And clearly this guy, it appears, if you believe the reports, was, was hearing voices in his head, mm-hmm. etc. Instead of addressing that and figuring out how do we stop people from feeling they need to do this, no, we're going to attack law-abiding, peaceful citizens. It's why the Jefferson Shreve stuff, and Mm -hmm. we'll get into this, I know, here in a little bit, and Hogsett is so offensive. The violence in the city of Indianapolis is not law-abiding citizens. It's not good people that is causing the violence. 
and your plan to go after those people does not solve the issue the same way this Democrat plan is not going to solve the issue. Well, earlier in the day yesterday, Kamala said the quiet part out loud, and she suggested that the United States do what Australia did. And here she she's referencing Australia as a country that we should model ourselves after when it comes to guns. Gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Okay, so starting in 1996, Australia collected 650,000 privately owned guns in a mandatory buyback. Can you imagine them trying to do that here? No way. That's not going to happen. You know, you say that, though, Casey, but how many things— A mandatory buyback? Casey, Mm -hmm. how—look, you're beautiful and talented, but you're shaking (laughs) your head in dismissal of this. What if I had told you Australia in 1998 shut its society down and put millions of people out of work and refused people to allow to leave their homes and tried to put them in jail for not wearing a mask? We would have said five years ago, can you imagine if someone would try that here? The people would never stand. I'm not sure there isn't much the people won't stand for in this country, and I would not put it past, depending on how upcoming elections go, if indeed there is a point where they where they try to do this. Well, I think it's really interesting that the vice president is trying to say, you know what, we need to take a lead from another country. Let's do what they did. So Australians can only buy a gun if the government deems it to be a, quote, genuine reason. (laughs) 